0: going on guys welcome to the modern man podcast where we connect men in pursuit of their potential join us as we embrace discomfort cultivate community and put wind in each other's sails now if you're ready to take your personal and professional growth to the next level be sure to like share and subscribe to the podcast and also don't forget to check out the noble knights mastermind group where you can find the support accountability and mentorship you need to achieve your goals Now, join us and become a part of a community of like-minded men on a mission to improve themselves and elevate their capacity for life. And we're getting some of those tips today from our guest, Ryan Alford, digital marketing expert, the host of the Radcast Top 25 Business Podcast in the world, and dare I say, a good friend of mine. Ryan, thanks for being on the show, man. It's about time, huh? Hey, it is about time, man. I've been waiting for the invite, dude. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just had to, <laughs> I had to warm it warm. up a little bit.
1: <laughs> I know. Ed, it's good to talk to you, man. Appreciate you inviting me on the show and excited to uh, bring some value and talk all
0: things modern men yeah definitely man and, and you're you're one of the men I look up to uh met you back when I was living in Greenville South Carolina still just right up the road in Charlotte North Carolina but I want to make sure really quick that our audience has a chance to meet you uh, and hear from your words who you are what you do and we can kind of jump into a little bit of the subject for for today man
1: yeah man I uh I mean first and foremost I'm a a dad and a husband uh father of four boys. Uh, six, 11, 11, and 13. And my wife, Nicole, we live in Greenville. And, you know, I mean, it's important for me to start there because I do um, really put family first. But it's, you know, I, I think most of me know, know me as a marketing guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly the podcast, we've been blessed with the growth there. But been in the ad agency business for 20 plus years I aged myself a little bit I got a hat on and you know I think I have my uh wrinkle cream on today so maybe I hide some of it but uh <laughs> <laughs> I uh been in the business a long time I one of those that was blessed uh early on to kind of know what I was good at started in marketing uh and it had right out of school at Clemson go Tigers <laughs> and uh Spent 17 years really working for other agencies, um, climbed really fast in the industry. I think I'm a jack of all trades, uh, master of some, I won't say none. Uh, and, you know, I climbed quickly and moved to New York in 2008, uh, worked on some of the largest brands in the world, Verizon, Apple, Motorola, Lexus, Google. Uh you know so the who's who's of brands some of the most recognizable ad campaigns of the last 25 years and uh you know cut my teeth learning and and kind of just helping mold um you know some of the dynamics of a lot of those campaigns and working with a lot of talented people and absorbing uh while you know having my career grow and opportunities grow and worked for other people for 17 years for the most part and then did the entrepreneurial journey started Radical. We're mm-hmm. a full service global boutique agency here in Greenville. We work with nationwide and worldwide brands um, on digital marketing and really full scale marketing. I hate even putting the digital moniker on anymore. It's 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 sort of a necessary evil. So people kind of wrap their head, but it kind of everything everything in a way has become digital yeah. in a lot of ways. But uh, yeah, and started the podcast when I started Radical five years ago. And uh, we host entrepreneurs, business leaders, celebrities, athletes uh, to talk about their business journeys on the RADCAST. And so we've had kind of a dual trajectory of the agency, you know, and the podcast and even my personal brand as I've gotten out there. So. I think all that to summarize is marketing, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, the, the growth has been great to watch it and, and see it from start to finish. I mean, the past five years, um, I, I remember when, when you guys first landed in that building that you're in right now and where we're recording, where the Radcast studio is and Radical. So seeing the growth firsthand has been amazing. I love something that you said early on was know what I was good at. Right. And, and I think for a lot of guys listening, I mean, I've said it over and over on the podcast as men, we need to have a craft, right? I find, I found confidence when I found dominance in something, when I found mm-hmm. competence in something, my confidence came after competence because I knew I was good at something. And as long as I was good at that one thing, I was able to have confidence in other realms. So how was that process and learning what you were good at, falling on your face, taking those failures, working your way up, knocking through the punches and then kind of when you settled into this is it what was that like and what was the movement afterwards
1: you know it's a really great question and I don't know that I've ever been asked it in that way and I wanna I'm gonna go back and bring it forward and it will be a quick kind of summary of that but it's one of the we all have like natural innate things like that we're good at or that we're skilled in you know it starts early on maybe in a sport or some form of of, of schooling or some subject, things like that. And for me, one of my skills was knowing what I was good or not good at kind of like growing up. I mean, I'm tall. I'm I'm right at six, five big kid. I was not a wonderful baseball player, but I was a great basketball player. I quit baseball really quickly. (laughs) I quit other sports that I sucked at really quickly But I stuck with and got into basketball, because I'm like, okay, we like what we're good at. I was at least self reflective enough, even as a kid to go, okay, I can dominate and be good in this sport. My parents supported me, but didn't push me and I, you know, was good in basketball played my whole, you know, up through high school, I was all region. Had D2 offers, blew up my ankle, things didn't happen, but was prat- I, you could call me a college athlete because I would have been. I still, I think I was on that level, um, but didn't ultimately end up playing. Um, got recruited by Rick Barnes at Clemson, others like a lot of big time stuff, but I knew what I was good at. The same thing kind of happened to me in college with recognizing that I had a skill for in my marketing classes and even growing up, I had an entrepreneurial and marketing spirit And I was reflective enough, okay, I'm good at this. And so going into, I I mean, I wasn't one of those that had four majors, you Mm -hmm. know, I had that I switched in and out of, I was marketing from day one um, at Clemson, graduated to marketing and then went to work for an ad agency. And so it was really important. And one of I'm blessed, but I do think it was a skill set that I had innately in recognizing things that I was good at, and then focusing on them. And because I do think that we as humans and as certainly as men, we we like and do more of the things that we're good at. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's important to find those things that we're good at that can drive success and outcomes. Basketball for me drove in high school. It was, you know, being somewhat of a popular athlete while also, you know, getting the recognition and something that might actually pay my way through school. Yeah. And I recognize that. And then in marketing, recognizing this is a career path, this can be, you know, fruitful and beneficial down the road, and then going into that and sticking with it. But you know what, I wasn't great day one, at the ad agency, I I, I joked on a podcast, I was on a few months ago, I was like, I was not the world's greatest junior account executive. But I was very good at marketing and understanding and watching how the agency made money. So I was, pro- I may have been the least detailed junior account executive, but I was the most aware of how to help the agency make more money. <laughs> so it it helped me rise quickly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. that That's something that the agency was very thankful for. They're like, all right, this, <laughs> yeah. this, this guy gets it. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. Cause there were junior AEs that I got promoted over and, and that, you know, we're like, wait a second, what? I'm a better account guy or girl than this guy. Well, no, you weren't because you didn't have the client relationships that I did. And you didn't see how they made money and generate more of those opportunities. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, but the biggest thing is it's really important to recognize what we're good at and to hone those skills.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's the caveat, though, that you added, though, was not only were you good at that, but it was something you could be successful and fruitful with. Listen, man, when I was in high school, I could have been great at Halo. But there yeah. weren't 16-year-olds winning $3 million purses off Fortnite at the time. Yeah. So there's yep. also the reality to what you're good at, but also what is the world ready for? What is the technology leaning towards? And what can you capitalize with that skill? Because there's some folks that might be like, oh, I'm great at video games. Now you can make a living for that. Back yeah. in the day, I necessarily couldn't. Um, speaking of making a living, congratulations on the growth and success uh, of both Radical and the RadCast. amazing for both of those trajectories to go up but being a husband father of four and two growing companies because let's be honest a podcast in itself is is a company um man managing all that right you hear the term work life balance we actually had a, a guest on our podcast not too long ago talking about like there's no such thing as work life balance it's like soul life balance you either feed your soul or you're living life there's no separation from work and, and life like it's just one life so how do you handle that uh, and i put in air quotations for those that are listening and not watching us on youtube that work life balance and still get everything done
1: yeah um i think w- <laughs> I have a, an interesting philosophy on this number one, like my, my own starts with my own desires and what I want to do And I'm going to give a story. So I've, I've been divorced. Uh, and in my first marriage, I had very little work-life balance. I was very unhappy. Um, I married someone I thought was right, but wasn't, we didn't have a lot of the same principles, values, goals, long-term. And I was very unhappy and I made a lot of mistakes. And I didn't have work-life balance because I really didn't want to be at home. And I was honest. I was, I was not honest with myself. I didn't even recognize that at the time, because I think as men, we will, we do what we want to do. If, if you want to have a successful business and company and grow in your company, and you're happy at home and you want to grow your marriage and have a happy life and you want to be with there with your kids, you can do both. Mm-hmm. And I call BS on people that kind of create that wall or say that, well, I can't do both, you know, no, you can, we choose to do what we want to do. And if you want to be honest with yourself, it doesn't mean, don't get me wrong. If your goal is to have a 1% company, you know, an Elon Musk like trajectory, don't get me wrong, there can be suffering between the work life balance. Mm -hmm. But you can have a very successful career, six figures, you know, large, good career and have work-life balance. And so for me, I was always going to be successful. But once I found happiness in my marriage and my life, that's when the work-life balance became very obvious. And my, I always set the boundaries at work with employees, with clients to a degree, and um, that that expectation was, you know, this is when I'm available. We can, we can get everything done. We can hit, take care of the fire drills and do things, but you know, this is, this is my time and this is my time and those things, you know, there's non-negotiable and you know, it doesn't mean it's always perfect and I'm far from the perfect husband or dad, uh, but I've always set those boundaries because I wanted to, especially when I got happy, um, in my second marriage and was with the right person and, you know, making better decisions.
0: Yeah. What I've found that comes with that, because it's actually something, um, I've seen you do. And I've admired from afar was your ability to kind of mesh the two, um, when it comes to that work-life balance in order to operate, get things done, but also have that fruitful family time, go into the games with, for your sons and all that. um, but I, I've acknowledged that that probably takes a lot of, of boundaries. Yes. And, and that's something a lot of guys sometimes have a problem with if they're people pleasers, Mr. Nice Guys, and they don't know how to set boundaries or things like that. And what was an interesting conversation I had with my wife one day because I practice time blocking, right? And I'm very defensive with that. And she said to me one day, she, you know, you're very defensive of your time. Uh, I feel like I have to fit in within your schedule. And I remember telling her, I said, you should ask other people what they think about my time. Because most people who are trying to maybe combat what your schedule is or fit in other areas, they're going to get the defensiveness or they're going to get your boundaries that you set up is I'm not available. So I remember explaining to my wife that she she gets the defensiveness from my from my work time, while my work gets the defensiveness from my family time, how have you found those boundaries set up for you and how people around you respect those boundaries? Or if someone's not respecting the boundaries, how do you navigate that? Because I'm sure some guys probably are still trying to hone in on some of the people around them that just won't respect how they've set their schedule.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I want to acknowledge something before I answer that. Like Mm -hmm. I worked for other people for 17 years. 17 years. I have not always been owned my own company, and got to really make my own schedule, you know, and I still look, I've got clients like, you know, even owning the company, we all answer to someone. But I do recognize that my life today is Dick is able to be dictated somewhat when you choose to be an entrepreneur. You know, I can choose to work five more hours this afternoon and night, or I can go coach my son's baseball game and I can reap those rewards and also reap those limitations from business because I can make that choice as an option door. And -hmm. so I want to recognize that before answering this with that said, you, you set boundaries for, for me, like I kind of, I live my life in a lot of ways through social media and my personal brand. And I'm going to give a business, I mean, the exact business, uh, example of what you're asking. So I post heavily on social media, um, at Ryan offered all the platforms. And you see the thread of family in my postings, my stories, you know, pictures of my family, what I'm doing, how they are. And at least every other person that either comes to work with me individually, like coaching and consulting one to one, or even clients on the larger level for Radical about one of two, about 50% notate, they wanted to work with me because they see that I'm a family guy. Mm. And I that's what personal branding does for you is I set the table before we even get go to sit at it. What does that mean? People get to know me, my, my standards, my expectations, my kind of way of living life, doing work. Certainly my expertise gets shown through that. But that's one of the blessings of living my life. And look, I don't show everything. I, I tell my I joke with my wife all the time. I'm the most um social, unsocial guy in the world. Like you see a it, because we don't show everything. And it's not because we're showing just the good. I mean, I mean, I post about, you know, trials and tribulations. I go on podcasts. I'm as transparent about divorce, about hurt and anything that you ask me, I'll be honest about. But you do get that I put that out there. And thus, it sort of attracts the people that understand that. And it's funny because, and I think the world's changed a little bit where people understand that dynamic and maybe COVID's all that, that that there's some work-life balances going on. But I set that table early and often, and I don't have to battle those things very often. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's that's something I mentioned before in terms of training others how to treat you. I can't remember the the last time my phone rang past 7 p.m.
1: Yeah. Like mine doesn't either. I can't remember spam calls occasionally. (laughs) Exactly. uh, Potential spam, he calls me every time. And I tell him, you know, until you're definitely, I am not answering. Exactly.
0: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But but you you train other people how to treat you because so my phone doesn't ring after a certain time. And if ever I get a text message from somebody that knows me after that time, it usually starts with sorry to bother you. Right, and, yeah. and it's because, like you said, setting the table before you even sit down and serve that meal, it's almost as if, as if some people already understand. Um, okay, I know what this person's going to tolerate or not going to tolerate before I even get started, and which is great. Is something you said before in our pre-interview about the non-negotiables, yeah. right? And I, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit because I feel like a lot of guys don't have non-negotiables, and this is actually something I think is actually important. Which for me. You know, early on in the relationship with my wife, I had a number of non-negotiables, one of which was she was like, how long are you going to keep being this entrepreneurial, ambitious person chasing the 1%? And I was like, let me tell you right now, this is kind of ingrained in me. It's in my blood. Like, I I mean, I could be sitting on a million dollars, kind of like what Meek Mill says, I, I'm the type to count a million cash and grind like I'm broke. So yeah. you either, you're on this train or you're not. Yeah. What were some of those non-negotiables that you had and how has that crafted? Um, I guess when when you met Nicole, you guys start dating and, and you're starting to talk about what a life looks like in the future, how that fits with some of the non-negotiables that you've set up.
1: Yeah. I think again, practice makes perfect. Uh we both had been married, uh, and we're divorced. And, you know, brought, you know, boys, you know, I had two, a two-year-old and four year old, she had a two-year-old. We brought them together. And what I mean by that is, you know, we both learned a lot about what we didn't want and uh, in our first marriage. And I don't, I'm not in any way recommending people have to have a starter marriage to get, I I recommend getting it right the first time. Uh, But it does start with setting those expectations and having those hard discussions. And Nicole and I knew a lot about what we didn't want. So it was somewhat trans a lot, transparent getting to know on each other that we did or didn't have some of those qualities And, you know, my non-negotiables, you know, and I'll just say overall, and certainly not necessarily with Nicole, maybe not at all, but like, and if you, if I take, you take, if I took one of those personality tests, like it shows you like what they are. One of my biggest ones is freedom. And I, I make my time, like, and I will say this, even when I worked for other people, I've always had an ability and set the expectation that I make my time, that you tell me what you want done, and I will get it done within mm-hmm. that time frame. But I will do it how I want to do it, when I want to do it. And it'll be great. But I don't, I just don't take, it's not that I don't look, I worked for 17 years for other people. This isn't about Ryan Offer not being unable to work for others. I was very successful working for others. Made a lot of money working for others, for them and me. but. I always did it and always did it on my time and my way of doing it within the confines of what was there. Certainly, that's become more easy um, being an entrepreneur. But again, to setting the table, I've always been someone that I I have to do things the way in the manner with which is successful for me, which will be successful for you. Mm -hmm. And when you start to build credit, like when I worked for others, I built that credibility from, okay, Ryan's not the best junior account executive. He's not great on these details, but damn, he's building some relationships or build, making us a lot of money. And then gradually I got better at those details and other things that maybe that some people were, but the big picture. So I built credibility and earned trust. Mm-hmm. And the same thing now, owning my own company, I don't have to have those discussions, but the experience in providing real world examples and the successes I've had, carry the weight that I don't have to explain that anymore. But freedom and doing and being me has always been non negotiable. And and for Nicole, you know, I've learned to be a better husband. And, you know, far from perfect, you know, I mean, I (laughs) fell on my face just this week as a husband, and, you know, like, he's got to eat it, you know, and know that you could do better. But there are there are clear things that I think people that deal with me know are my boundaries that just don't get crossed.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I've, I've found that where I haven't drawn a line in the sand for a very long time because I think there's just an air about you where people will understand like, all right, this, this is the limit. Like we're not going to go any farther here. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't, I don't have people, you know,
1: I know that I'm a confident person. I know that people that don't know me th- considered arrogant, and the people that get to know me know that that's not me um but I'm c- confident because I'm driven and I have success, and it's not always been perfect. but credibility created through real success allows you to set the boundaries that you need
0: to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something I wrote down when you said build credibility and earn trust, which sounds a lot like building a brand, by the way. But- <laughs> <laughs> it is. Come on now. I had to, I to <laughs> nod at that. But, but building credibility and earn trust, kind of leaning more into that brand example, I'm not going to call the CEO of Apple, <laughs> and be like, man, y'all, y'all should start doing this. No, yeah. I'm going to buy the iPhone and expect the iPhone to operate like an iPhone because it's it's built its brand, its credibility, and its trust, and because of that, it can operate the way that it wants to because I trust it to operate that way. I yeah. think a lot of us are building that credibility and trust in our everyday lives where I've said whether you're an hourly employee, a salary employee, or a commissioned employee, I'm under the belief that you get paid for the work that you do, not the time that you work. So I might be a salaried employee, but I could talk to my employer and say, okay, what is your goal? And you're hiring me to do what? I can provide that for you. I can help us attain the goal. Now, my means of doing that is my brand. The way I do it is unorthodox. There's a lot of people in my industry when it comes to meteorology, we all do it different. We have different styles. We'll have different forecasts. Doesn't mean one's right or the other, but we get the job done. And it's about being paid for the job, not necessarily paid for the time which, which is huge because you first have to build that credibility and earn that trust. Speaking of, Oh, do you want to, do you want to react to that? No, that's perfect. Nah, no, I think that's good. Nice. Um, I, I was going to segue into with credibility and trust, man, raising four boys, brother. <laughs> I'm going to say an extra prayer for you tonight, man. How's it going? Uh, <laughs>
1: it's good, man. I'm glad. I mean, that was actually where my mind was going as you were talking, like, you know, it's, it's great, man. I mean, it's, it's funny like some of the things that the topics that we're talking about we have four really great kids and they're all like straight a students and you know i think a lot about the nature versus nurture discussion right Mm -hmm. and it's funny because my wife and i are certainly um we don't just let anything go and so we certainly coach and mentor our kids but you know what? Nicole and I provide examples and a standard, and it's almost back to the exact thing we were just talking about, setting expectations. The offered household, the expectations are you're going to be a good person. You're going to be open to diversity, diverse situations, diverse people, uh, experiencing things. You're going to respect things. You're expected to give your best. And I've never had to say those exact words to my kids, but they know it because Nicole and I live and breathe this and they see the example. And look, they're not perfect and we're not perfect, but I do relate that we have some really well-behaved, good kids, good in school because they know the standard and the expectation and the table is set because they, they watch it every day. And they see what their parents are doing. And it, again, it doesn't make them perfect, but we do get comments all the time. Why are your kids so well behaved? You know, why aren't they doing this? Because they know what they're supposed to do because we tell them if, when we need to. But more than not, they can look me in the eyes and know what I'm thinking before I even say it because yeah. they know
0: what the standard is. Yeah. I think it's Kobe who, who said once in in an interview, he's like, you can't just, uh, you can't just do this. And I'm doing the talking hands. You can't just, you can't just talk. You you have to act. And that example is, is, is what uh, your kids will end up following. Um, What kind of men do you hope your boys to grow up to be? You know, I want them to be themselves
1: first and foremost. Um, It's, It's funny, like before you have kids and like you have this thing, like I grew up playing sports and was, you know, good in basketball. And my wife, Nicole, um, was a college athlete in basketball. And so, you know, we have the blended family, but there was always this expectation that, okay, they're just going to play sports, do this. And they play sports and they love it. And we encourage it because it's good activity, but we don't force it. And we're not, you know, like counting the days till, you know, they're going to get a college, you know, scholarship (laughs) offer. But we guide and lead them towards things that we think are good for them. But a lot of them, they, they choose it on their own. But my biggest thing is I want them to be themselves and to embrace what they're good at and like, you know, and to find that. And so when we see that they're good in something, we encourage more of it. And quite frankly, when we see that they're not great at things, we just let that ship sail. I mean, I, you know, a couple, of, I'm not going to like start naming my kids, but like, some are better more athletic than others um they're all playing sports but it's some of it's clear you know that there might be a future in this or not um but we encourage them to kind of be themselves try different things put them around different things experience different things and so you know my hope for them is just to not be influenced too much by the world and more influenced by their own op, uh, potential. Yeah. I don't want influence of the world to get in the way of their potential.
0: Yeah. I mean, influence is huge, man. And, and where we garner that influence is, uh, my wife and I were just talking about, you know, when we welcome kids into the world, what's going to have more of an influence on them, us or their friends? And I was like, you best believe it's their friends <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> they're going to get to that age where they don't want to listen to mom and dad at some point. So we could only hope that they have, you know, the the wherewithal to kind of critical think on their own, not just get influenced by the world and everything they see. Um, And, and really quick, as we're coming up to the last few minutes of the podcast, you know, there's a lot of talk around, you know, how we show up as men in the world in our everyday lives. And, you know, there's that, that, that term, which I've said on the podcast, I'm not a fan of the quote unquote toxic masculinity. Like, I don't know what, come on now, but (laughs) it's, but, but, but how, how do you think, um, and I'm not gonna say just men in general, how they should show up, but how do you try and show up in the world? Right. And I, I try and show up with integrity character, taking care of others but uh, owning who i am and owning my space and not apologizing for it but uh, what kind of presence do you try to have in the world as a man yeah man
1: I, it's a it's a weird time that we live in um i don't know when it became bad to um to have roles you know like clearly defined roles in the household and look my wife and i both work full time jobs like you know we both provide for our household uh So this isn't about like, you know, Debbie Housekeeper and, you know, Richard Insert Salesman and, you know, bringing home the bacon and, you know, doing the dishes or doing the laundry. I mean, it's about shared responsibilities. But at the same time, I think a man has a role in establishing the culture of the house and on some level. And a lot of that starts with, you know, what's acceptable, what's not. and. Also, providing an example, not because you're perfect and because i but but here's the thing like you know like I think that whatever's happening in the world, it's best that you do what you feel like is the right thing to do, and you know, we all get influenced by certain things, but I'm just not gonna let the world dictate what I think my role is within my household and or, you know, my role as a man. You know, I live my life through social media in a lot of ways and I think what I try to, to give off is, yes, integrity, um, and which is important, but a sense of leadership uh, and not backing away from my own opinions. Mm-hmm. And or feeling like I'm too led by any one position. And I think we kind of hide behind these political sides now and different things like that when I like to just be guided what I feel like is right and wrong and having a moral compass. And I think if people that do work with me, that they know that there's a moral compass that leads what I do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Having that code, having that, that really that honor, that respect, that loyalty, you know, that those, that goes, that goes far. That goes miles. Do
1: unto others as you have them do unto you. I mean, and and I live my life that way in a lot of ways. Like it guides the golden rule, Mm -hmm. like literally goes through my mind a lot. Cause I think it's like, okay, when I'm doing something, I'm talking to someone like, just think about that. Like anything that you do yeah and i try to think about it through that lens and then when i it's and it's it's so funny when i haven't lived up to that standard i feel it and kind of know it and i want to make it right you know like you know i I would hate if i if if someone had done that or said that you know i'm like yeah that's Mm -hmm. not
0: cool and so (laughs) there's few people that i've given the credit to check me uh, on where I stand in terms of my standard and you know my wife being one of them when you mention roles it you know when it comes down to it I, I talked to my who do you need right what do you need because we're we're building our household like you mentioned so I'm more concerned about what my wife needs in this situation as, as opposed to what the world thinks I should show up as yep. because as long as me and my household are good we can take care of our community those that we love those around us we're doing okay. And we're, we're being a positive force in the world. That's what I'm focused on right now. Cause I can't solve the world's problems. There's too much to consider, but if I can take care of this household, take care of the people I love and they can take care of me and we communicate and show up how we need each other to show up. I, I think that sounds like progress at the very least for, for me, for me. So,
1: I mean, the last, I a hundred percent agree. You said something there. I want to touch on just really quick. Yeah. I don't know when it became necessary for us to have an opinion and a solution to every single thing. Like, you know, everybody thinks they have to react to everything. And you Mm -hmm. know what? I'm not smart enough to solve every problem or have an opinion on every, like I don't want to think about every news headline and everything that happens and feel like I have to share some opinion or like, no one is smart enough to do all things and have all opinions and solve all it's just not that's why we have specialists and things and all that and you're not required to voice your opinion on every single thing Mm -hmm. and so that's one of the things that I think is the most toxic right now is that everyone feels like they have to respond to that or that there's pressure to do this and like well if you didn't take a stand on whatever like that means you accept it no I'm just not smart enough to know all sides of it. And I got to focus on what I'm focused on yeah. family, culture, my businesses, my friends, you know, like, so my kids, mm-hmm. like, and <laughs> it crosses into a lot of those. Well, you know, if this happened, then you know, it could impact. Yeah, it could have, but I can't solve every problem. Yeah. I have, you have, and I think that's a trap we sort of fall into now that's, that can be really dangerous, especially as men, you know, cause we're problem solvers. Right. And so, focus on your problems and you know
0: <laughs> first and foremost yeah i think it was jordan peterson 12 rules of life he's like you know get your house in order uh before worrying about all the world's problems because like you mentioned quite frankly i don't have enough time to read up and research all these different things because at the end of the day after all that research and learning about it and talking about it I, i'm not the lawmaker i'm not the decision maker i'm not the one that actually enacts any of these changes and yeah. there's way too much red tape to get through to really get there so again to your point is you know identifying the things that are impacting your circle and what you can have influence over what you care about what you see in your world and you focus on that you can't die on all the hills but you can pick your hill Um uh, coming to the end here i, I want to make sure first before i ask my last question that that everybody listening can can follow you could get more of the radcast, can follow some of the amazing work you're doing, and of course see some pictures of you, the family, Nicole, the kids, and everything. Uh, so, so Ryan, how can folks get more of you and all the amazing work and content that you're putting out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I am uh, super out there and easy to find. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier, I'm at at Ryan Alford A L F O R D on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm verified on all the platforms, so I usually uh, pop up pretty quick if you start typing my name. Um, and then, you know, so you can and all my links are there, ryanalford.com as well. And, uh, yeah, man, reach out. I'm, uh, I get a lot of DMs, but I I answer just about all of them especially that are legit, you know, and like people trying to really engage, you know, if you're trying to, uh, immediately sell me crypto or Forex, I probably ignore it. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, man, uh, love to, uh, connect with anyone who listens, you know, connects with any of this message.
0: Definitely. I'll have that link in the show notes and everything, man. And uh, um, uh, last question as we wrap up, because I definitely want to make sure I'm respectful of your time is what's something that you've seen or something that's happened to you in your life that shapes the way you view the world as a man? I think watching my parents, um, I grew up in the low. I I stopped short
1: of saying the middle class, lower, lower middle class, easily South Carolina track home, Uh, you know, uh, (laughs) and I watched my parents work multiple jobs, uh, to support my, my sister and I, they lived the American dream. Uh, you know, my dad was in the military, uh, never graduated college. I was the third offer to graduate college, but you know, my parents really influenced me watching them work multiple jobs, have three to four side hustles doing trade shows for something that, you know, they made $200 on, you know, three weekends. And I'm like, you know, at the time I thought they were crazy, but, they gave us a better life. They gave my sister and I every opportunity in the world. And, you know, you know, people ask who my heroes are. I mean, they're my parents. And you know, I wouldn't be here without them. Yeah.
0: Hey, and that's that's what you mentioned, that example, right? That that ser- that seriously has left a lasting impact and an influence and continues to to kind of that heartbeat ripples through in your household today. So, uh, Ryan, man, I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you for chatting with us. And, and again, I, I found the undertones of the marketing in there with the building, uh, building <laughs> credibility and earning trust. So, hopefully, folks yeah, can man. take that advice not just for their personal brand, yeah. but for any companies that they have as well. So, thank you, brother.
1: Yeah, man, appreciate you, Ted. You're a great Thanks. friend, and can't wait to uh, grow together.
0: Absolutely. Looking forward to it. I'm going to recap really quick some of the things that you left along the way in case someone's working out, driving, or maybe cleaning the house while listening. Um, What I was good at, recognize if you're listening that you have some innate talent, gifts, that could probably be very beneficial to the world. It's your job to identify what those talents and gifts are and then offer it to the world after you hone in on that craft kind of fine tune it a little bit, get better at it. You're not going to be great once you start, but you need to start to be great. Also competence even equals competence. If you're working on trying to find out what you're good at, or you don't have that confidence yet, double down on those strengths. And then when it comes to building relationships with others, especially a long-term relationship, like a, like a marriage, focusing on those principles, values, goals, long-term plans, and also uh, making sure you know what you don't want as much as you know what you do want. Um, you can do both when it comes to building the business and paying attention to family. Not necessarily talking about work-life balance, but you can do both as men. If we want to do something, we typically tend to jump in head first. So if you're you're trying to figure out why A isn't working but B is taking off, maybe look at how you feel around A. Look at maybe what's going on some of the intangibles that might have you maybe neglecting some of the uh, answers that's right in front of you. Build credibility, earn trust. It's true in business. It's true in life. Make sure that you're earning that credibility, you're earning that trust, and you're showing up consistently into who you say you're going to be for others, because that is how you provide an example in your household. It's also how you provide examples in others, how they treat you. And also for those that are parents that have little ones, they're watching you constantly. They're going to do what you do, not what you say. So make sure that you have that positive influence on them, because when those kids grow up, they'll get influences from the world. And then show up. Each and every single day as i always say on this podcast man show up because you are needed you are important and you show up as your best selves thank you for making it to the end as always ryan we appreciate you and of course if you got value from this make sure you like subscribe to the podcast share it with a friend that you got that got value from it uh, that you know can get value from it and leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing because that's the only way we get better appreciate you guys and as we always say at the end of the episode everybody wants the sunshine but they don't want the rain but you can't get the pleasure Without first the pain. Let's grow. Well, let's get
1: back to the day. I think we're going to do a great job.